So it's really easy for me to feel like I'm the victim of my own circumstances, like I have no control over what's going on. Like, I am mad today, and there's nothing that I can do about it. You guys ever, like, get that way, where you just have so much going on, and you're just like, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm going to be mad about it, and don't talk to me. Give some audible answers here. That's great. (laughs) Well, uh, as I kind of step back from that, like, mindset, because that's that's been something that's happened with me lately, um, I think about that, and I think that I get to choose who I am, or at least I get to choose who it is that I'm becoming. I think who we are isn't this big thing that's just predetermined. It is from a series of little steps and little choices that we make uh, every day. And I think this because as I look at my life, I feel like it's a progression. It's it's a slow progression. Um, And persistence in the things that I feel like are important are the things that sort of seem to drive that progression that I desire. So again, that persistence in those things that I really desire drive that progression. Nobody makes progress towards a goal without doing those little things every day and every week that you want in order to get to that goal. So with the idea of persistence and progression in your mind, open your Bibles to Matthew 7. Uh, We're in the end of the Sermon on the Mount series now. And Matthew 7 is that last chapter. It's about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. And as you get there, go to verse 7. So Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who finds, and, him, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. So verse seven says, ask and, you will, and, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And when I first read this, I felt like this was just like, oh, this is just kind of a nice poetic way to say the same thing three times in a row. Like, oh, I should just like, I don't know, ask Jesus for stuff. Like, that, that's kind of what I, I felt like. But um, after kind of studying it and letting it sort of marinate, it feels again like this persistence and this progression, okay? That like, if I persist in asking God for things, that a progression kind of happens. That when we ask God for things, we're doing so in, in prayer, Okay, so this is a me and God thing, and we're doing, th- we're doing so in prayer. And as I persist in asking for uh, something, then, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to expect that that's going to that's gonna show up somewhere. I'm going to start, um, my eyes are going to be peeled, and I'm going to be seeking and looking <clears throat> for this thing. Uh, and, and so that's kind of that next step, it feels like, in, the, in this sort of sentence of asking, then seeking. And then uh, eventually I'm looking, I'm seeking for a door for an opportunity, for something to show up in some way for me to, to knock and then have that door be opened. And verse eight feels like the other half of the equation. Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, 
and to one who knocks, the door will be opened. And like a lot of things in scripture, uh, this, this can be confusing, and it was confusing even for me when I first read it. Uh, I felt like um, if I just look at the, this verse, or these two verses, then uh, I should just be able to ask for stuff and like things should just appear, right? Like this, this, should, this should be a done deal. Like, okay, God, I'm gonna pray about this test and uh, I'm gonna do a little bit of studying and I'm gonna pray one more time before I take it and we're gonna do great. And then like what happens, right? Like, oh crap, like that did not work. I'm not gonna try that again. So asking and seeking and knocking feel like a progression. Uh, and when I persistently pray and spend actual quality time with the Lord, I can feel my heart begin to shift. Like we can't be left unchanged when we spend actual quality time with God. My asks begin to change when I'm ready to start seeking for something that aligns with the heart of God. So, so this progression is starting to happen. I'm asking, I'm spending time with the Lord, and, and my heart is starting to change because you can't spend time with the Lord without being changed. And then my ass start to shift a little bit, and I'm starting to seek for these things that are actually are uh, aligned with the heart of God. And then God invites me to knock on this door that is also kind of aligned with what he is doing, what he's up to, not just in the world, but in me. And so this progression, uh, I just love that, that picture of that progression. When I was a senior in college, I went to UNI, and I remember sitting out just right outside these doors after basic, talking with Jeff Mickey, who's now a senior leader at Orchard Hill Church, because um, I was about to graduate with a degree in math education, and I thought, uh, you know, Jeff, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do this, and we were talking, and he was like, well, you're about to get the degree, you better try it. So, okay, fine, I, I'll go try it. Um, so I get, I get into it a couple years in, and uh, my, uh, my wife and I decided to adopt our first two kiddos, and so we did. We adopted Gideon and Viola, and I remember saying to Kristen, my wife, uh, probably a year after that we had adopted them, man, I wish I could, ah, I wish I could get paid to just, like, love kids who don't have parents, like, wouldn't that be great if I could just like, up, like go on career builder and just like find a job like needs to hire somebody to, to love kids who don't have parents. Like that's a job somewhere. And, and she was like, yeah, ha, ha, that's great. And we moved on. <laughs> and as I, so as I do regularly, I was kind of like seeking and asking a little bit. Uh, I'm just kind of a, a, a person that does that. I'm just kind of always kind of looking and seeking and asking questions a little bit. Um, but I didn't dare ask for such a grand request, like, hey, God, uh, I need money to just, like, adopt kids and have that be my job. That, that's, not a, that's not a job. And so uh, I didn't ask for it because I couldn't see that that could ever be something that I could do. So I continued to teach high school math, and uh, about five years later, um, we fast forward up to, and it's la this last August. So five years later, it's, it's August 2017. And I attended the Global Leadership Summit at Orchard Hill, which is uh, like a leadership conference, super good. I would, uh, I would recommend that you all look into that. So I attended that, and during a session, God really planted the idea of foster care on my heart. 
And foster care is something that we'd kind of been talking about uh, for a while. Um, now, because of that, uh, a door kind of appeared. And it took my, my wife, maybe she has a little more guts than I do, but it took my wife to actually knock on that door. Uh, but because she did, uh, we uh, are, are now in the process of starting a, a nonprofit organization with a team of people in the Cedar Valley to support foster parents. And like, so this thing that I just like five years ago, seven years ago, couldn't even imagine, uh, started to kind of take shape, and, and then now I'm kind of on this progression and up to this place where there was a door. And, and we knocked on that door, and the door seems to be open at this point, and we're walking through it, and it's a little scary, but it's, it's this progression, and it's just like that is what it looks like to ask and seek and then knock. So through the asking and the seeking, God is transforming my heart. And persistence is leading to this progression in my life. My requests of God start to align with his heart. As I continued to pray and ask God to move, God was actually not just doing things out there, but moving right here. Now, I'm not saying you can't bring small requests to, to the Lord. He wants us to bring everything to him. Uh, but I have a habit of putting God in a box and saying, uh, if I can't visualize this, then I'm not going to pray for it because obviously I know what should happen and how all things work, right? Like, no, no, I don't know that. But I still put God in a box. Asking and seeking grew my passion for something I didn't even know that I was passionate about when I started. And when passion grows, God gives doors of opportunity for us to knock on. It's funny, I was thinking about this and I felt like asking and seeking and knocking is a bit like a game of tag with God. It's like, hey, I'm going to ask God for something and then God's going to say, well, I'm going to like kind of shift your heart a little bit. And then I'm going to kind of like, okay, all right, all right, I'm seeking, I'm looking. And, and he's like, hey, look over there, look over there, look over there. And so then I look over here and it's like, oh, okay, well, man, I, that, that seems pretty cool. Okay, here's a door. Look, here's a door. Open the door. And it's like, uh, do I, should I open the door? Yes, open the door. I don't want to open the door. Open the door, right? Like, like it feels like this back and forth thing that we're wrestling with God, but what's in that whole thing we're like actually in relationship. Doesn't that sound like a relationship with somebody? And, and that's what it is. We get to have a relationship with a God that orchestrates all things. Let's tap into that. So here's the deal with this like persistence is persistence is war. War with like my selfish self and my selfish desires. I don't want to pray for and seek for the things uh, that, that align with the heart of God. It takes patience. It takes time. In my experience, it is not a thing that happens overnight or by next week. So we have to endure. Uh, we have to write that thing down. We have to tell a trusted friend about it. Um, we've got to do anything that we can to persist in, in seeking that thing that, that we're asking God for. We've got to find a way to do that. And then to persist, we, actually, we have to believe that God is on our side, too. 
And he wants what's best for us. He wants to see us succeed. Okay, so with this idea of persisting and, um, and uh, progressing, take a look at verse 9 through 11. So 9 says this, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or, if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So one of the hardest parts about prayer, I think, is why does God seem to answer some of these prayers and not some of these prayers, and why? Why does it seem like we can pray this and nothing happens, we can pray this and stuff happens? Well, all of you teaching majors get to have a glimpse into this piece uh, when you get out there and start teaching, is little Johnny's going to come up to you and say, why the heck do I need to know what an adjective is? And, and you're going to, on the spot, you're going to say, uh, so you don't look like an idiot in your college reading and writing class. <laughs> and that's probably not going to cut it, right? Like, you, you, you can't in the moment, like, explain why these things, we need to know them. Right? Like, it's tough to, to do that. So, kind of a, a story to go along with that with me is that uh, something happened to me when I was uh, studying math in college. It shaped my mind to be one that likes to solve problems, but not the problems involving X, but like just life and relationship type problems. When Kristen and I were married a year, uh, we decided to buy a house. We were both working full time, seemed like a great idea. Uh, we bought a house, and then I couldn't figure out why at the end of every month we had no money. It's like, well, we have made a lot more money than we did in college. We were working full-time, but turns out owning a house is not cheap. So, because I was wired to, to figure out problems, I thought, well, I'm going to figure this out. So I kind of dove into our finances and started keeping, you know, making budget and started figuring out and doing all kinds of research and what can we do so that we are not flat broke all the time. And eventually, kind of little by little, we, we figured out some things that we could do, and, uh, and that changed. And I kind of never stopped doing that. It almost became like, a, like a, just a habit where I would kind of look into, ooh, that seems interesting, I'll look into that. And oh, we could save some money if we did this or did that. Uh, it's just kind of a part of what I became wired to do. So because of that, recently when this door of opportunity came, uh, with this nonprofit organization that I was talking about, when that door came, I realized the only reason I could actually even knock on that door, the only reason that it was even an option is because God had, wa- had done that in me. He'd, he'd, he'd created in me a person that likes to solve problems, and had I not been working on that problem of our sort of financial situation, uh, then when we got to this point, it just wouldn't have worked. There wouldn't have even been a door of opportunity. I would have walked right past it. And so I feel like God kind of answers our prayers in this way, where it's not the way we think it's going to happen. It's, you can't even see what's going to happen, and it's not going to be tomorrow. And he's going to do something probably in you as you're looking and seeking and looking for those doors of opportunity to knock on. So God answered my prayer by transforming 
my mind into one that likes to solve problems. And unknowingly, my response allowed God to put me in a position to open a door that I didn't even think was possible, that it was even possible at all. God's goodness and grace means not giving us the things we ask for because he wants to give us that much more. Think about this. His goodness and grace is such that you don't know even what you want or what God has wired you to to love. You may not even know that thing. You ask for things, God steers you a direction because he wants to give you more. Ephesians 3 talks about how we, um, how God is able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine because our minds are finite and his is not This is infinite. How could we possibly know the thing that's the best for us when he's the one that created us in the first place? So God's goodness and grace, his goodness and his grace is that thing that is sustaining. Through Through the trying times of praying prayers and feeling like they just go unanswered. His goodness and his grace for me bridge that gap between the asking phase of the progression and the door phase of the progression. Where I'm asking and I'm kind of seeking and I'm like, where are you at here? And then I realize he is good, he is here, he's right next to me and he wants to walk through this with me. Um, so l- lately, I've got a lot going on, and I'm uttering prayers of frustration more lately than probably almost ever in my life. I just have a lot going on. And so one of the ways that God has answered my prayer is he has um, kind of given me something to hang on to. Uh, and that thing is just the reminder that he is so, so good, and that he has my best interests in mind. So I've been listening to this song lately called Face to Face, and not the song, I've been listening to the same 38 seconds all like over and over and over again, uh, because it's just like that chorus that just like, just punches me right in the face and says, hey, I'm here with you and I want you, and I want your best. I, w- I want to, I'm working for your best. And I just, I love the imagery uh, around it, uh, that he's taking my mistakes and he's drowning them and he's just wrapping me up in his embrace. And he's right there and he wants to walk through life with me. So um, we're gonna play that, that little clip, that little 38 second clip um, here. And I just want you to pay attention to that imagery. So go ahead and play that. Down on the mountains of all my mistakes. Rolling like rivers, running with grace Into the ocean of your embrace Your hand on my side, leading the way Ten thousand horses couldn't pull me away I hear the music heaven has made Oh, when we're standing, standing Face to face 
So I just, those lines about him taking our mistakes and just drowning them and then just being there to have his hand on my side and walk with me, like for whatever reason, that is the thing that God has given me right now. In between the asking and the door of opportunity, right there in the middle where things are crazy, and I have uh, five kids in my house that are just like clawing at my feet, like saying, I want this, wipe my butt, you know, whatever it is that they need from me at that moment. Like, like, oh my gosh, like God, you, you, I'm gonna lean into this right now because this is what I need. I need to know that you're here with me. And this is the thing that's just really kind of doing that for me right now. So with that goodness in your mind, go to verse 12, chapter 7. It says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So I love summaries. I'm not a big details guy. If you can give me kind of a, a chunk of, uh, of words that tell me this is what's going on, then I would rather have that than the whole novel. I just, I'm not a details guy. And so I just love this because it just says, so in everything you do, do to others what you would have done to you. Like this sums up the law and the prophets. Great. That's great. So I love this sentence. It's kind of a call or a prompt to action. And one of the things that I noticed when I was looking at this was uh, I think the way we interpret this a lot of times is like uh, it's not an action, but it's kind of like a tolerance. Like, I'm just going to tolerate you. I'm not going to, like, you know, talk bad about you uh, because I don't want you to talk bad about me. And so we just tolerate each other, right? But that's not what it says. It says, like, go and do the things for people that you would want done to you. It's, an, it's called a go and get involved in the mess somewhere, right? And I think it's easier when you're on the receiving end uh, of, of when this doesn't happen to notice it. Like, like there's a guy across the street from me. He's got a $3,000 snowblower. When I'm out there shoveling my driveway and he's just humming along, you know, he's, he's you know, blow his three-stall, you know, driveway in six minutes and I'm thinking, hi, buddy, why don't you come and blow mine too, you know? <laughs> like, never mind the things that I can do for other people, right? Like, if I'm not on the receiving end, I notice it, but if I'm able to to do something for somebody else, and I don't, I, maybe I don't put that together. And so Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't do this, right? He's not looking for ways for people to serve him. He's looking for ways to serve people. And what I love about this aspect of Jesus, that he serves people, is, is that it makes a lot of sense because we are actually made that same way. We are made to serve people actively, to get involved with it. Follow me here for a second. In Genesis it says, let us make man in our own image. God is saying, we are going to make man in our image, in the image of God. Okay, And then God sends his son to die for us. He is the greatest act of service that we could ever do. But remember, we're made in his image. We're made to like actually engage and love people. We're made to do that. If he cares for others, then we should too. But like if I step back a minute, that that doesn't like quite resonate right away. Like if I'm being honest, I just want to watch Netflix and eat poncheros. Yeah. Like that's all I really want to do. 
you could say, like, what's your perfect day? Like, well, shoot them up movies on Netflix and Ponchero's Burritos. Like, that's, that's what I want to do. But this is our sin nature, right? Like, this is the thing that says, hey, let's just serve ourselves. And it leads us away from the heart of God. And it says that serving ourselves is the best way to live. But it's not. People like Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King Jr. spend a whole lot of time serving people uh, with their lives, ultimately giving their lives for it. We really want to feel fulfilled in what we do. And fulfillment, as Jesus' example states, is love in action. A month ago, we had our Love Does dinner, prompted by the book Love Does by Bob Goff. And if you go and look into that book, it's great. You need to add it to the top of your list of things to read. But if you go down the, 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 the rabbit hole of Bob Goff interviews, like on YouTube or just whatever, he's like the, the, this guy that's just giving all of his money and all of his like, time and energy away, and he's like having the time of his life doing it. He's like, has more fun than anybody you and I know. But he, all, all he's doing is like serving people. And there's just like something that seems really backwards about that. It seems crazy to think that that's the way that we're wired to be, but it is. So with that in mind, look at verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Boy, Jesus, this is really encouraging, huh? Like, hey, destruction is inevitable, awesome. <laughs> when I'm thinking about serving people or serving myself, a lot of times what that, what that ends up looking like is me hiding in the pantry with the last slice of Casey's pizza because there's six other people in my house that are gonna eat it or want it if I don't hide in the pantry and eat it myself, right? Like, it's this thing that in the moment, it's like, this is the best way that I could spend 90 seconds of my day, right here, <laughs> eating this piece of, of breakfast pizza from Casey's. Just, yeah, in, in the moment, that's, that's like ultimate fulfillment. Ultimate, yeah, yeah, ultimate fulfillment. Like, it goes, never mind. Um, but long term, that doesn't do anything, right? Long term, that doesn't do anything for our fulfillment. But a series of little choices to serve other people turns into a lifestyle of serving people. And that's an aspect of being on that narrow path that we see in this, in this passage. And, and it's a thing that if we do it enough, I think starts to be really, really fulfilling for us. This kind of backwards thinking is all over the Bible. The idea uh, that the first shall be last. Um, that uh, you have to lose your life to save your life. That it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. These ideas are all over the Bible, and they seem backwards, that like, I need to be selfless, like that doesn't, that doesn't feel like the thing that I want to do. But it's the way we're actually wired, the world just tells us something different. Mother Teresa served the poorest of the poor, often those who were dying for most of her adult life, get this, for 69 years. And like no exit strategy, no retirement plan, like just like, I'm just gonna serve poor people. 
and I'm going to love it. And I just, I, I don't know how you, how that can be uh, uh, sustaining, if, how you can sustain yourself to do that. I think apart from the, knowing the love and the goodness and the grace of God, you can't do that. But if you lean into that, right, and you know God, I think he changes your heart to desire that. I'm going to ask the band uh, to come forward as we kind of close down a little bit. Um, and as you think about this idea of service and serving people, um, to be honest, I'm not very far into this. But I'm practicing it and I'm persisting. I'm praying, asking God to give me patience. So as we go into this time of reflection, on the screen you're going to see kind of a little summary of the things we've said. We've said that persistence in prayer and asking God for things, big audacious things, okay, maybe that's where you're at. You just need to talk to God. You need to start spending some serious time persisting in prayer. Um, maybe you just need to lean into that goodness and that grace and just say, I'm in the middle of this, I'm in the thick of this, and I just need to know that you are here and you are with me. Uh, or maybe you... Uh, you just need to love some people. You need to start practicing this love. So take a minute, think about that, and, and, and meet God in prayer.